Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And joining me shortly is my co-host, the co-host of the most, Trevor Storrs. And this week we've got a lot to talk about because, you know, a lot of things happened in seven. <laughs> a lot of things that we didn't expect. Like, for instance, the Buffalo Bills and the San Francisco 49ers both leading again. What are their prospects going forward? We'll certainly talk about that. And what's sweeping the nation in terms of the NFL? It's not actually the NFL. What's sweeping the nation in terms of the NFL is Taylor Swift. So we're going to talk a little bit about Taylor Swift and whether Taylor Swift is good for the NFL. And we'll look forward to Week 8 and much, much more. Hey, Trev, how are you doing? I'm good, actually, man. How are you doing, Mr. I am doing fantastic. Thank you so much. I, listen, we're right around the corner for Halloween. And uh, last year, we talked about Halloween, you know, Michael Myers going to Mars and all that other stuff. But you got anything fun going on for Halloween coming up? Uh, I'm going to say my girlfriend's been out to the city. We've got Halloween parties at school. Yeah, just a family thing to do, but I can't wait because I haven't been cheating trading in so long, so I'm ready to get some candy myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. Awesome, man. I love it. And uh, I am looking forward to doing nothing different uh, aside from watching more horror movies in the next six to seven days. That's what I'm going to do to get ready for Halloween. And maybe I don't need to wait for that because, of course, the Bills and the 49ers are pretty much a horror show right now. And we'll talk about that in a second. Hey, listen, let's get rolling and talk about all this fun stuff we got coming up because I can't wait for today's show, man. Here we go. Let's get rolling here. So I already kind of let in on this, Trev. Um, we're going to talk about Taylor Swift because why not? Because everyone's talking about Taylor Swift. And are you are you a fan at all, Trev? I am not. Okay, not awesome. So uh, not even not even a little bit. Okay, so this doesn't impact you at all, uh, aside from the fact that there's this impact on the NFL. And I, listen, I don't mind Taylor Swift, but her popularity is bordering on absurd at this point. You know what I mean? Um, did you know? that her Eras Tour movie, which essentially is just a spiffed-up recording of one of her concerts, made $92.8 million in its opening weekend, the second-highest October opening ever, and now, in just two weeks, made more money than any concert film ever in the history of movies. And on top of that, she charges ticket prices, which are intentionally 40% higher than regular prices, because, well, you know, is Taylor Swift. Is, is that not insane? Is there something weird going on here? Is something in the water? Is there, I, I just feel like something's gotten spiraling out of control here. I mean, I what mean, do you think? Is this is nuts? It is super nuts. She's a 12-time <laughs> Grammy Award winner, though, so I mean, I guess it's well-deserved, but she's yeah. just coming onto the scene and taking the world by storm. It just seems like it never stops, so. I know. It's crazy, but like, you could record what you do. Like, this, her job, okay, is to do a concert. She records it, and people pay $92.8 million. If, if somebody said, I will record you for one day of you working, and then we'll put it on the big screen, and they're going to give you $92.8 million, I'd be all in. You know what yeah, I mean? Sure. I mean? I'd be all in. Clearly, this is, like, insane. So, obviously, it's no wonder she set the NFL on fire by showing up at the Chiefs games. And as we all know, Swift made her fourth NFL appearance of the season on Sunday, sitting in a private suite at Arrowhead with Patrick Mahomes' wife, Brittany. And 
as everyone might recall, this all started in September when she attended the Chiefs game against the Chicago Bears, my poor Bears, after he publicly invited her to see him, quote, rock the stage in Kansas City. Can't get cheesier than that. Uh, and as a side note, Kelchi did make the first move in July on his podcast with his brother Jason, saying that he hoped to connect to Swift at one of her Eras Tour stops at the same stadium this last summer and wanted to give her a friendship bracelet with his number on it. And the rest is history. Dude, what are we doing wrong? We have a podcast. Why, why don't we make friendship bracelets and, you know, contact super, super mega stars and, uh, and see if they'll, uh, you know, hang out with us. I mean, it seems it's like that's worth the shot. Let's do it. Right. I mean, I feel like we've missed the window on this. I, we really should have done this earlier. I, I, I don't know why we didn't plan to do this, but that's it. From now on, you and I, we're making friendship bracelets, uh, and we're going to send them out to the superstars. Well, I'm going to open invitation. Sorry, superstar, pop superstar of some kind. doesn't matter who you are. We want to give you a friendship bracelet, okay? <laughs> there we go. Anyway, um, her impact on the NFL is insane. She doubled Kelchi's Instagram followers overnight. She made the Thursday night football game uh, with the Chiefs the most watched Thursday night football game of all time. Uh, and it's just impossible, almost near impossible, to avoid shots of Swift watching the game at least a half dozen times in each game. And it's even more of Kelchi's scores. So clearly the NFL has leaned into this huge. And even before the Thursday night football game, there was actually discussion that they had a special meeting with Amazon Prime and NBC to plan out how and when to integrate Swift into the broadcast. So this is becoming pervasive. And CBS this last Sunday actually put up stats that show that Kelchi is actually better when Swift is present. Apparently he gains 99 yards per game with her in the stadium versus 46.5 when she is not in the stadium. So on the flip side, she is getting a little bit of blowback from some people. So talk show host and fellow pop star Kelly Clarkson said on her show last week, quote, it's not hilarious how it's literally taking over NFL for people that like watching sports now. And she went on to say that it feels like she's, quote, watching the housewives while you're supposed to be watching football, adding they're just talking about gossip things. And you're like, so what about the play? So clearly Clarkson, not a huge fan of Swift. So Tara, what do you think here? I mean, obviously there's a lot of stuff going on. It's all really doesn't impact what's on the field. At least, I mean, not anybody of a trip, Kelchi apparently, but is Taylor Swift good for NFL? What do you think? Uh, it's, she's brought a lot of more viewership to the sport. That's for sure. And introducing a lot of other people who normally don't watch it to watch it, but right. she is kind of becoming the face of the NFL. Um, <laughs> Which is weird. For them for, to bring up stats about how Travis Kelsey plays when she's there, when she's not, where was she at when he won two Super Bowls? So, I mean, it doesn't really <laughs> matter if she's there or not. The stats have nothing to do with that. Right. He's getting older and he's becoming more, uh, injury prone as he gets older in his career, but he's still Travis Kelsey with or without Taylor Swift. So yeah, right. cool for viewership and all that, but becoming the face of NFL is kind of wild because I don't know. I mean, did I you watch the NFL really. before Kelsey? That's the, my question, right? I, I yeah, kind of. Right? <laughs> I mean, that's Very my big true. question. Like, if she was like a big football fan to begin with, like let, let's say let's I'll declare Kelly Clarkson for example. She's a she's a known big NFL fan, another pop star. You know, if somebody who is already watching the NFL, already a huge fan, ends up in this situation, I'm tend to, I feel like okay, right? I mean that, that you were yeah. you were doing this anyway. I mm-hmm. may, I kind of wonder, you know, if, if she was an NFL fan before this. That's, that's all it I have to say. It just seems a little bit a little bit bizarre. 
But on the flip side, hey, anything that brings more eyes on the NFL, I think is a good thing. I'm clearly sure. bringing in like more fans because at some point this is going to end either well or badly. I don't know how it's going to end. And mm-hmm. all those new influx of Swifties watching the NFL are either going to stay or they're not. And I, I sure hope, regardless of what they like and dislike, that they stay. You know, I think more people uh, enjoying the NFL is, is a positive. Um, sure. I just I agree with you, though. I, I think it's weird for her to be the face of the NFL. And, and when you go overseas and people talk about the NFL now, you know, it's no longer Patrick Mahomes is the face. It's Taylor Swift, which doesn't make any <laughs> real sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you go overseas and they're like, NFL, oh yeah, that's a sport that, that Taylor Swift watches, right? You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, that's not, I don't know if that's <laughs> moving the thing forward or not. Uh, and I got to ask you this question. Let's, let, if, if, and this is like, maybe it's controversial, but if Travis Kelce had a serious injury. Remember, he was he was injured. He had a minor injury, which he played through. But if he was seriously injured and was out for his career, do you think this entire Taylor Swift, Travis Kelce thing would end right now? Yes. You think so? You think she'd be yes. like, see ya, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I'm out. Exactly. I, I she think... wouldn't go to another Chiefs game. She wouldn't do any of that. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. I, listen, I think she would hang on for like a game or two because it looked weird. It would be bad from a PR perspective. And then she'd <laughs> peace out. That's what I think. <laughs> You'd be like, you know what? (laughs) I'm out. No, so let me ask you this question. Now, the NBA has celebrities there all the time, and they integrate them pretty thoroughly, right? And and actually, it works. Is there a reason why? I mean, like, we just don't see it in the NFL that often. Um, But, like, it could work, right? Celebrities integrated with the NFL? Oh, for sure. It definitely could work. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I think the NBA's got it right. It could definitely work. Yeah, yeah. I guess as long as they're not, uh, I guess it's weird because the NFL they they decided to singularly focus on her. I'm sure there's other yeah. celebrities hanging out there, you know. And, and there was For a sure. and I don't remember I, if we talked about this before, but the first time she showed up, there was a or the second time she showed up, there was a pretty famous director next to her, and he was upset because afterwards they're like, oh yeah, she was there with Ryan Ryan Reynolds and so-and-so and so-and-so. Oh, and that guy in the orange jacket. <laughs> and he's like, I will forever be the guy in the orange jacket. You know, I've, I've directed like four major motion pictures that are, have been up for, nominated for Academy Awards, and yet I am the guy in the orange jacket. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> You know, that's so that, yeah, that's, it's tough, man. It's tough. All right. So fun times, Taylor Swift. I guess ultimately... I would side on Taylor Swift is probably good for the NFL, but yeah. the NFL has got to start doing this in moderation because, yes. you know, lean into it. I know it's serendipitous in terms of ratings, but don't alienate NFL fans by going overboard. The stats mm-hmm. are clearly ridiculous. <laughs> you know, let's, no more Taylor Swift stats, okay? <laughs> she's going to get suit up. She wants to suit up. Great. Then I want to see Taylor Swift stats. But, but if she's not going to be on the field, I don't want to see Taylor Swift stats anymore. I think, I think we can agree with that. Um, all right, man. Let's, let's talk about actual NFL stuff here. And the first thing I want to talk about is what I teed up in the opening. And I'm going to hit the boxing bell so we can move on. And that is the Buffalo Bills and the San Francisco 49ers. Let's, let's talk about this for a second. And I'm going to take them one at a time, okay? The okay. Buffalo Bills have three losses on the season. They are four and three. Their losses were to the Jets, the Jaguars, and the Patriots. Okay, I mean, I, I mean, hold on a second, right? The Patriots, mm-hmm. up to the time they beat the the Bills, they had one win. Jaguars underperforming. The Jets, I mean, minus Aaron Rodgers, 
you know, it's, it's very shocking here when you look at this. And I looked at the stats, and the Bills still have the fifth most offensive yards per game at 369.7, third most points per game at 28.3, fifth least points allowed per game at 16.9. They have a positive turnover differential of plus three. What's wrong with the Buffalo Bills? I mean, is, is there something wrong with the Buffalo Bills here? I mean, do you think this is the, the, this is the end of, the, of Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and the Buffalo Bills before they even make it to a Super Bowl? What do you think? I think it might be. I mean, the past years you've seen Stephon Diggs visibly show his frustration with the outcome of their season or the outcome of some games, right? Whether, whichever one. And they're always preseason, offseason Super Bowl picks. Because they yeah. do have a really high-powered offense. Their defense is pretty good, but they just can't put it together to make the run they're looking for. Right. And so now they've become kind of one-dimensional. One there's yeah. no surprises. There's no difference in their roster. It's always Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. Yeah, Gabe Davis is a nice compliment, but, like, really is Yeah, but he's, he's gotten That's... nothing in the last couple of games. Like, like exactly. literally – you know, he's had like one catch. He had two catches in two games. I mean, it's. Yeah. I mean, there's something wrong. And I think you hit on something here, Trev, because I was trying to dig down into the stats in each game and trying to figure out what is wrong. And the only thing I can tell is that in the games they've lost, their rushing uh, average is a little bit lower. So that's uh, one thing. And number two, Stefan Diggs gets the vast majority of targets in those games. Right. You know, it's almost like. Diggs is demanding the ball more and mm-hmm. Josh Allen is placating his number one wide receiver by forcing the ball to him, yeah. um, which is, you know, maybe that's the problem. Maybe the problem is that Diggs thinks he's Superman and he's a one man show. And so therefore pepper him with targets and he'll make it happen. But unfortunately defenses know that too, you know, exactly. and, and that's a problem. Um, so if you so look at the yeah, no right. one really jumps out except for Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen. And like right. the running stat you just put, if you want to be a running back, don't go to Buffalo. They don't run the ball. <laughs> right. They just don't run the ball. So that, that's true. That's true. That's and and you know, and and they don't run the ball. I mean, the problem is that it'd be okay if they didn't run the ball and they, but they but they were efficient with their carries. Right. They're not. You know, they're just not efficient with their carries. I mean, in the games that they lost, they tend to be under. 3.6 yards per carry, 3.4 yards per carry. I mean, they're just not doing a good job of being efficient. And, and you're right. They're absolutely becoming one-dimensional, but like uber one-dimensional. Not just yeah. pass only, but pass only to Stephon Diggs. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's a big problem. And, and now, of course, they're losing Dawson Knox for the season. They had Dalton Kincaid there, the only tight end that was drafted in the first round. I mean, what do you think? Does this, is this helpful? But Dalton Kincaid is, up, is up, kind of up and running. He's, getting, he's got more targets. He's more involved. They still lost last week. But is that the, is that the solution? You know, just kind of start spreading the ball more. Is that do you think that's going to make the difference here for the Buffalo Bills? I don't think so because they kind of already do that now. And I mean, you should run the ball. You got to incorporate the running back into your offense, no matter what you're trying to run or what kind of team you are. The running back has to see some kind of action. Therefore, you can it helps set up the play action better. It helps uh, mm-hmm. RPO formations better. They just need to incorporate the running back because they're just one one dimensional. It doesn't really matter who's going to be called up to replace who, because they're still going to be a part of the passing attack. Yeah. Um, Dalton Kincaid is nice, but he's not. No one's game planning for Dalton Kincaid. Let's be honest. So now that you just have one of your other playmakers out, it just leaves Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs to 
to game plan for them once you have them figured out, then you should be able to come out with a victory. So and yeah, it's, it's yeah. happened three times for the Jets, the Jaguars, and the um, Patriots. So And, you know, the other thing that I think is really interesting is that this year they made a concerted effort to not have Josh Allen run as much. And mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's negatively impacting their game. I mean, you remember as a as a Washington fan, RG three in his yeah. first season running right, and then they kind of yeah. said we want to make him a pocket passer, um, and that didn't really work out, and that really did negatively impact his game. Do you think that's what's happening with Josh Allen as well? I mean, he he likes to run. He's a big dude. He's just not running as much, and I think that the coaches are telling him don't run. And I think mean... yeah, go ahead. No, I think I think it might be impacting his game. What do you think? I I agree with that because his that's his game is scrambling, running, running people over, being a big bulldozer, hurling people. That's right. his game. And for the for coaches, I understand where they're coming from. Like we want to preserve you for the whole season. Like I'm not trying to put you out there to get your butt kicked every day, but at the same time, you can't take away what someone you can't take away what got him to the league in the first place, and that's his mobility. So. Right. If you do that and try to change him, it's too late in the career too. Like he's been doing this his whole life, and it's been successful, but now right. you want to you want to hinder it, and it's causing you guys to be even worse than what you guys really are. So just let him loose, do his thing, and get him some more help because Stephon Diggs is not the only receiver that's going to get it done. He needs help. Stephon Diggs is good, but he's small. He's a slot receiver mainly. He's not, you know talked about when you're talking about top receivers that much anymore so if you get that man some more help or if you turn around and hand off the ball right <laughs> could be could helpful little, yeah it might be a little helpful so yeah i agree so they got 10 games left on the schedule um they got the buccaneers coming up this thursday then they got the bengals broncos jets eagles chiefs cowboys chargers Ooh. patriots dolphins you know there's oh. some there's some easier ones and there's some tougher ones there it's gonna be interesting though because quite mm-hmm. frankly they play the Buccaneers. I don't think that's a given. Buccaneers are three and three, um, so I don't think it's a given that they nope. beat them. They go, they roll into the Bengals. Bengals obviously are not a given, but they're only three and three right now too. So, I mean, fascinatingly, the Bills and Bengals were the biggest story last year. This year, they're just middle of the road, <laughs> and they're and they're obviously the seven twenty p.m. on November fifth, so or the eight twenty p.m. the nighttime game on, on November fifth. So it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the season rolls out. What is your prediction for the Bills? Um, do you think they're going to be – I mean, I think they're going to make the playoffs, but what do you think – how deep do you think they will get in the playoffs this year? I think they'll make the playoffs too, but they might just be a wild card team or get that first playoff game and win and then lose the next game in the divisional round. But I don't see them – I mean, they could win their division because it's the Patriots, Jets, and the Dolphins, but the Dolphins right. are on fire right now. So if yeah. they don't, it's going to be in the wild card spot and maybe not even making it past that. They just don't have what it takes to get past that oomph. Like they don't have the to get past that hump that to make them the postseason favorite that everybody makes them that out to be in the off season. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but they usually dominate regular season and, and then choke when it's time to play the yeah. postseason. Well, maybe this is the reverse. Maybe they choke in the regular season. They're going to dominate in the hey, postseason. <laughs> they're going to pull a be... New York Giants uh, circa yeah, 2007, uh, 2012, right, where they yeah. suck ass throughout the entire regular season, just <laughs> barely make the playoffs and then dominate through the playoffs. So maybe that's what they're going to try. They're going to try something different. It's a New York State yeah. thing. So. Um, let's talk about the San Francisco 49ers, the other team that's struggling a little bit. Um, it's interesting because they now have back-to-back losses uh, to the Browns and the Vikings. I mean, the Browns, eh, the Vikings, ugh. And, yeah. 
You know, the, the numbers still look good, though. They had the seventh most offensive yards in the game, 364.7. The second most points per game, 28.7. Third least points allowed per game. Their defense is great, allowing only 15.6. They had the second best turnover differential game at plus six. But, of course, back-to-back losses. Brock Purdy now out of a concussion. Sam Darnold might likely to start this weekend. Ugh. And they faced the Bengals. Then they got the Jaguars, Bucks, Seahawks, Eagles, Seahawks, Cardinals, Ravens, Commanders, and Rams. I mean, what do you think here with the 49ers? Are, are they in trouble too, or is this just a blip in the radar for them? They're in trouble only because they're unhealthy right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Debo Samuel being out, that's that's horrible. Brock Purdy kind of needed him the other night against Minnesota yep. to be the elite quarterback he has been so far since he came to the NFL. And then Christian McCaffrey is not 100%, you can tell. I mean, right. hey, you don't all week and then you play the game so that's an issue and then now Brock Purdy's out the concussion that's another huge issue because they have Sam Darnold and we all know what Sam Darnold brings to the table so <laughs> yeah not think, much yeah. <laughs> yeah. they're only in trouble as as long as they stay unhealthy now if they get healthy quicker than later then they'll should be they'll be just fine but um yeah it's just a little blip in the road because they're unhealthy that's all I mean the defense okay, so you, you, of course yeah, the defense is okay. still there. You know, yeah. they just don't yeah. score as many points they used to. So I don't. I'm not as concerned about them as I am with the Bills. I mean, it is weird though because so I mean they're beat by the Browns, and then they're beat by the Vikings. I mean they beat by the Browns of a backup quarterback, and then they beat by the Vikings. I mean the Vikings. You know, I mean yeah. like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean they I have know. been horrible this year. So uh, it just it's just shocking to me. I just don't really understand it. I mean both of those games were on the road. Maybe they had something to do with it, and it didn't get blown out. Right. They lost to the right. Browns by two. They lost to the Vikings. And they actually probably should have beat the Browns. Uh, Moody missed a late field goal at 42 yeah. yards that should have won it for them. Um, yeah. The Vikings, uh, Moody also missed a field goal in that, that contest. Although it probably wouldn't have made the difference because they, they lost 22 to 17. Or though maybe not because they were driving at the end and maybe a late field goal could have won it for them there as well. There so I agree. I, I don't think that the 49ers are in bad shape. And, and you're right. Christian McCaffrey did not look like Christian McCaffrey, but he still had – about a hundred scrimmage yards and two touchdowns. So he's still, still doing Christian McCaffrey things. Right. Um, but Debo Samuel not being there was a problem that Brandon Ayuk stepped up in the midway, but he still has a little bit of the dropsies. Um, and, jo- and George, you know, Kittle is kind of like, he's not quite the elite um, tight end that we no. <laughs> all loved two years ago. So it's interesting to see what's going to happen there, but I agree. I think that with the 49ers, it's a little bit more of a blip in the road. Although starting Sam Darnold this week against the Bengals is not a good thing. Um, no, it isn't. So they, I think that that I, I know that on ESPN um, there was some disc, there's some discussion about how they don't think he's going to miss a beat with Sam Darnold there. I I just don't know how you can compare what? the two. <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, I, I don't get that. I I don't really don't get. It. Listen, I'm not a Sam Darnold hater. I've just seen a lot of Sam Darnold playing, and he's not Brock Purdy. And it's a weird thing to say, but. He's not even a real good game manager, so I'm not really – I don't know how that's going to work out um, for the 49ers. They're just going to hope that, that Joe Burrow still has some injury issues with his calf if they want to win that game. Um, right. So what's your so your prediction for the for the 49ers? Still A-OK in terms of taking the NFC? Um, and does this change at all your opinion as to whether they can beat the Eagles if they face them in an the NFC championship game? Because right now it looks oh. like those two are on a collision course. They can most definitely beat the Eagles. Like I said, hopefully everybody will be healthy and ready to go by that time happens again. But 
right now it's a little bump in the road due to injury, not due to bad football player or anything, but you know what I mean. So they'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll take it. And I believe that is true. I'm on board with that. Let's hit the boxing bell. Let's talk about week eight. All right. Because there's week eight right in the horizon. And of course we got to talk about which games we think are most interesting to us in terms of impact and in terms of what the results might be. So tell me what, what games are you looking at? What items do you have your eye on here for week eight, Trev? To be honest, I looked at the schedule before we got on air. There's yeah. nothing too attractive about week eight. To be <laughs> week eight is, is kind of a downer compared to all the it other is weeks. It kind of a downer. Um, I, but if I, I have to pick one yep. outside of my Eagles and Commanders game, because that's a division game, yep. I guess I'm going to go with the Vikings and Packers. Okay. I yeah, guess see if NFC North can sort game. something out. Yeah, division game. Vikings just came off that big primetime win under Kirk Cousins against the Niners. Yeah, Packers lost again. Yeah, without Aaron Rodgers this year going to play against the Packers. So if I have to yeah. pick one then because it's a division game because that could go either way. Mm-hmm. Um, and and actually, hmm. uh, the right now there's no spread. It is actually you are exactly right. It could go either way. <laughs> it is even <laughs> right now. Zero spread on that game right now. So one hundred percent accurate. And then I guess I'm gonna go. Jeez. Brown Seahawks, I guess, because the Browns are are doing pretty well, surprisingly, with the backup quarterback and a strong yeah, defense Peter out of Walker. nowhere. Yeah, looking good. Yeah. And then Kenneth Walker, the rushing tack on the Seahawks side is nice, and Geno Smith's having a pretty good year so far. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Both I teams guess. four and two. Both teams exceeding uh, expectations right now. Actually, and, and I am really interested to see if the Seahawks unleash uh, Jackson uh, uh, Smith and Jigba because these. Yes. Been, Really, really good. Um, he finally had an opportunity to shine last week with DK Metcalf out, and I think I hope that opens them, it opens their eyes to the fact that they have an amazing playmaker there uh, behind DK Metcalf and um, Tyler Lockett, and they should use them more. Um, and that that will be interesting to see. The Browns, on the other hand, they have injuries up and down in terms of mm-hmm. running back. I mean, Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt didn't practice. Uh, I don't know what's left. Uh, <laughs> I'm pure yeah, strong right. or whatever. <laughs> I just don't think that that makes any, you know, they're going to be, in, they're going to be hurting. Uh, and Amari Cooper only targeted like twice last uh, week. Yeah. It's kind of nutty too. So, mm-hmm. you know, them Browns, they're doing it without their star players. So that'll be interesting to see what happens. I love that. Um, the two, there's two games that I'm looking at right now. And number one is Texans and Panthers. Uh, basically, the number one and number two overall pick playing against each other, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Uh, C.J. Stroud, way exceeding expectations, way, way, mm-hmm. way exceeding expectations as far as I'm concerned. I mean, for a rookie going in there, uh, he is um, really – he's not breaking any records, but he's making his team a winning team, a Texas team that doesn't have many superstars, actually has zero superstars. I mean, he's made Nico Collins and Tank Dell uh, household names. So he's really – turned it up for them and he's doing a great job uh 1660 yards already nine touchdowns only one interception for cj stroud bryce young is the opposite of that he's not doing as well so it's interesting because there's been a lot of dialogue today from the panthers about how bryce young was their guy they're they're doubling down he's definitely they're so glad they moved up to get him but cj stroud by all stretches by all you know any way you want to measure it is doing better (laughs) i mean he just is just is so I am interested to watch Texans versus Panthers. Texans favored by three. What do you think about that game? I think it's going to be a good game because a lot of talk was about who would have a better year, C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, who deserved to be number right. one, number two. 
and Bryce Young seemed like he had more concerns about being NFL starting quarterback than C.J. Stroud. You know, his size, his strength, his weight, yep. Yep. Um, all this and that. And it's kind of like playing into it. But also, they don't have an offensive line down there in Carolina. So right. they're, not they're not giving that man a chance to actually see if he can run that offense in the NFL. But, I mean, proof's in the pudding so far. C.J. Stroud has proven that, you know, he might have should have been overall number one. But it's okay he's number two because he's balling he's right still- now. Still number two, yeah. It does make me feel bad, though, because C.J. Stroud coming out of Ohio State, you know, we had the previous Ohio State quarterback, Justin Fields. He's not doing quite as well as <laughs> C.J. Stroud. It makes me feel a little bit sad, okay? It just makes me feel a little bit sad. Uh, and, of, and, of course, we have uh, Tyson Bajant, the undrafted yeah. rookie winning a game Balling. for the Bears. I can't wait till uh, week nine where the Bears play the Panthers. How amazing would it be if Tyson Bajant, the undrafted rookie, out of a school that I don't even remember, but it's someplace in West Virginia, D2 school, and beats Bryce Young, the overall number one pick, the one that we traded our number one overall pick to <laughs> the Carolina to draft, I would be in stitches. <laughs> That's all I can say. So uh, that would be – but anyway, the other game I'm looking at is the aforementioned Bengals and 49ers. 49ers yeah. currently favored by three and a half, but I think that's going to slide once um, Brock Purdy's ruled out. I, you know, Bengals, we don't know what they are right now because Joe Burrow has been – he was horrible, then he was good, then he was horrible. Again. And T. Higgins was good, injured, bad. And our chase is bad, bad, good, bad. You know, I, it just – I don't know what's happening in in uh, in Cincinnati. And, J, and Joe Mixon has just not been Joe Mixon. The 49ers, obviously, we talked about how they had back-to-back losses and now they got Sam Darnold. So I'm really interested to see what happens between the Bengals and the 49ers. Uh, what do you think about that matchup? Uh, I think it's going to be up in the air, too, because Sam Darnold to go against the Bengals' defense, which is okay, but they've kind of been underperforming. It seems like right. ever since Joe Burrow, you know, got that calf injury in the offseason, it, like, affected yep. the whole team. They're still trickling down the whole team all the way to week eight. So, But I think that um, with this 49ers team that's on this two-game losing streak, and not having all the pieces on offense, this gives the Bengals a really good chance to to upset 49ers again this week. So it's going yeah. to be a good thing. Yeah, it should be interesting to watch. I'm, I'm, I have my eye on that. And, of course, I am interested in, in your commanders uh, playing against <laughs> the Eagles. <laughs> you know, it's going to be interesting because, you know, it's so funny to me. I, and there's all this talk. i got to ask you, what do you think about Ron Rivera? Is it is it you want to you – should he be fired? Should he be – is it go. Ron Rivera's fault? I mean, what do you think? He's got to go. And yes, it is Ron yeah. Rivera's fault because he's the one who acquired all these players, a.k.a. the offensive line, before this new front office team came in. Right. Um, I appreciate what he's done as far as culture and turning these young boys into men quick, fast, in a hurry and teaching resilience. But I'm tired of, of watching a football team when their right. MO was to get down and then have a and then make their then have a have to make a comeback to make the game interesting. Right. Um, <laughs> definitely have that quality anyway, just in case the game gets like that. But if every game you play starts and ends like that, then that's that's no fun to watch. His time is to go. It feels like the game is passing him by. Um, you know, he's 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 all his interviews are just leave you with the what kind of response and like are you serious <laughs> kind of response. Right. Um like the like for example, the latest one is like we have a young football team and we're gonna to continue to develop them to be a good t- football team for the future. It's like 
Well, if that's the case, they should go to the XFL, USFL, or, or just stay home and practice. Like you in right. the NFL, win games. You're not in to develop. That's what right. you do before you get to the big stages of the NFL. So, yeah, appreciate like I said the culture change, and he's dealt with a lot. I'm not gonna lie, new ownership, uh, health yep. problems, his mother passed, other personal stuff. Sure. So he's been a champion off the field when it comes to that stuff. But it's time to go, man. We need new, young, fresh ideas and and juice in the building. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I hate resilience because that means we suck. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. I hate I hate resilience. You know, I, I do you think Patrick Mahomes is like preaching resilience? I don't think so. He, he's like, no. we just win. We just win. Exactly. <laughs> just win we don't game, need resilience. No. We're just better than them. Um, exactly. So listen, I, I, I don't and I'm overstating a little bit. Right. I, I like Ron Rivera. Uh, obviously, I love him. I loved him for a long time as a player and as a coach. And um, but I agree with you. I think it's time to go. It's time to make some changes there uh, in Washington. But I do have my eye on that. The Eagles are vulnerable at times. I just, yeah. I, you just can't make mistakes. You can't make mistakes against the Eagles. They will capitalize for sure. So that brings us to the end of the show, to the air horn on the show here. Trev, why don't you give us your social media so people can follow you? I'm on Twitter at Trev HTTC. Um, I am on Wreck the District podcast with Nathan Stoner coming up yes, at 7.30 live on Wednesday's YouTube. Uh, yep. I still affiliated with the Full Press Commanders coverage with George Carmi a little bit, and I'm also right cool. here on Football Garbage Time. Heck yeah, my Robin. friend. It is great to get this rolling again. This is two weeks in a row, man. We're like back yes, in sir. it. We're back in the driver's We're seat. Back. We're coming back. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. You can find me at FB Garbage Time on Twitter or X. Don't sue me, Elon. They still call it Twitter. Or on the Football Garbage Time page on Facebook. As usual, thank you for listening and wasting time with us. Until next time, enjoy your NFL week. And enjoy Halloween. Yes, sir. (laughs) 